have like a 50 minute drive home. You could always stay and sober up and listen to my madness. I'm not listening to that. Oh, you could. No. That's fine. Because you're getting ready to right now. Oh, God. Welcome, everybody, to Creeps in the Crypt. This, as always, this is Eric, and I am joined by... Christian. And Sam. Oh. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> yeah, played right into my hand. Guys, welcome to Summer of Slaughter 3. This summer, we are covering classic serial killers. From the golden age. No, not actually not oh, the golden the age. golden age. I feel like that would be like the 70s. Yeah, the golden age was actually the 70s. But I do romanticize like the 20s era stuff. Because you know I love mob crime and shit like that. I mean, I work at a speakeasy, so. Yeah. So, early turn of the century. Mm-hmm. To the 1900s. Is what we're covering. Old and uh, maybe a couple old older ones than that, too. Slightly. One or two were thrown in there, and then we kind of wrap things up in the... Yeah, fuck it. We're wrapping things up with Ed Gein. So... Was it the 60s? No, in the 60s. The 30s? Yeah, we'll find out when we cover it. So... I can't remember. I I feel like he was pretty early. I want to say, yeah, he was early, like 40s, maybe 40s, 50s, something like that. Fuck if I know. Legend. We haven't done the research on that one yet. He's a legend. But, okay. yes, um, anybody that wants to make a suit out of women, i.e. Buffalo Bill style. Didn't he Pushed use a nipple belt? Skin. Yeah, he did he have did. a belt made and out of And nipple nipples. lampshades. Yeah. Does he have an Etsy store? I imagine them being There simil- is actually replicas of his stuff. When I imagine. On Etsy? Uh, online, yeah. You can get, oh, you can get replicas online. Look, we... Look, we why are we missing out on this? We could get a nice lamp for the living room. It would just bring in the vibes. When I they mean, s- I'm down with getting skin mock skin lamps for the studio. When they said nipple lampshades, I thought of ostrich leather. Oh, because it's like, like bumpy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, tell me I'm wrong. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me I'm wrong. The crypt has been a very fun experience. Um, <laughs> ostrich girl over here needs to go home, though. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, Eric. Go ahead. Think about an ostrich belt or an ostrich anything. I've eaten then, ostrich before. And then think of what a nipple lampshade would look like. And tell me that I am wrong. Is it, I dare you. Does it have the the whole titty on it? No, or just the I nipple? imagine just the areola. So I'm thinking the whole skin of the tit. Oh, I'm thinking like nipple you know lampshade. Let's... let's Bookmark this conversation, this debate, for <laughs> the Ed Gein episode. Why would you think it would be the entire titty I, cut off? Well, I mean, it would be continue. stretched out, but we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in this until the Ed Gein episode. So stick around for that debate. Uh, follow us along through Summer of Slaughter Three, and I'm guessing I'm gonna have to Google uh, ostrich leather, but. What? You've never seen ostrich leather? I don't make money like that, Sam. You've seen it before. You've we, definitely seen it. And we don't make enough ad motherfuck- revenue for that. <laughs> anyway, today's uh, serial killer is going to be Carl Panzerum. <laughs> <Did you? 
you guys, you guys done? Like, you, I feel like we should have just started with Ed Geaton. Fuck. Go ahead. Go ahead, Christian. Tell me I'm wrong. Well, share with the class. It's the boots that got me. Because all I can imagine was just a nipple boot. Boots made out of nipples? You know, if you'd given him some more time, he probably would have made those too. Oh, I looked up at the perfect time. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. If, I if, think it was my reaction. If there was a belt made out of areolas... That would it be. Was, that. It was my reaction, the fact that I was facing Sam when I reacted. <laughs> All of a sudden, I just see Christian go. <laughs> it was the boot. The oh, boot is what got me. Jesus, I'm going to cry my lashes off. Felt made out of nipples. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what it looked like. Yeah, this yeah. is what got me because I was like, damn, that's a lot of fucking nipples. <laughs> this is a. We have devoted four minutes of this show. Oh, to sorry. Ed Gein's nipple belt. We needed to finish the story arc. Sam was I, right. You I was going to leave it at a cliffhanger until we did the episode. Oh. You guys just couldn't wait. <laughs> well, yeah, Christian you patient bitches. It, oh, you can't blame it on me. You can't just say, go look up ostrich leather, and then Eric say no, and then me not do it, and then be like, well, damn, that does look like a shit ton of fucking nipples. All I can think of is that clip from... Uh, what what was that show on Netflix where the guy's like, I didn't do shit. I didn't do shit. I didn't do anything. That I'm a stalker? No, no. That was the, uh, it's a comedy show. Oh. I can't, I can't remember the fucking name of it to oh save my, my life. I needed that laugh. Well, that we was... now know what I watch on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're a one-trick pony when it comes to Netflix, probably. I watch Bridgerton and, OB- and Outer Banks. Other than that, yeah. Oh, and Sex Life. I needed that laugh. Thank Sad. you for that. I also needed that laugh. I appreciate you so much for that. No, we're about to have a lot of laughs today. Well, actually, no, we're not. probably not. There's no laughing in this. No, I'm just going to go ahead and preface this. Um, Do you want to disclaimer it? Yeah, we're just going to disclaimer this whole episode. In fact, probably this entire summer series. Probably. It's getting golden tombstoned immediately. What does that mean? The golden tombstone? That means you get a Golden Tombstone Award if you set through this entire series. I didn't know if that was like a, like a thing. Yeah, you, you, you're you a true fan if you set through this because it is going Obviously, to be... Obviously, knowing with the title, Summer of Slaughter, you mm. guys know where we're going with these. Yeah, but... These are... Hold on a second. These are about serial killers that are doing really horrible things to people. And if it is a trigger warning for a lot of people, you don't want to hear that. You want to go to something else. You want to listen to us talk about fucking cryptids or nipples or whatever the fuck you want to hear us talk about. This is your time to go back. Listen to some old episodes. Yeah, hang out until uh, October or September. But at least when we have to give you the disclaimer that these are serial killers that we're talking about. Some people may find these triggering and, and upsetting. This guy is the worst of the worst. We find them fascinating, and it's more for the fascination and research, obviously. We don't condone the behavior. No. As much as we like sit here and joke <laughs> and hee-haw about it, we do not condone any kind of, you know... SA killing any or like unaliving somebody, messing somebody up, any of those things. 
essay. Jesus Christ. Well, you have to. You can't even. You can't no, even. No, you word. can't even say it. Oh, we're, there's going to be a lot of it. Well, okay. I'm not saying it. I'm going to say sexual assault. Oh, Jesus fucking Some Christ. people grow even, up here. Some people can't even hear that. I know. Eric. Pussies. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> you know what? You sit there. So. Today's topic is Carl Panzeram. But before we get into Carl, real quick, uh, make sure you uh, like, subscribe, follow, do all the fun shit, leave us a review. Without further ado, Sam, let's talk about this unstoppable, unstoppable human juggernaut. More often than not, most serial killers' early lives are filled with abuse or neglect, and what we now like what's now coined as the serial killer triad, which is bedwetting, animal cruelty, and fire setting. Some will argue that an adolescent or like early childhood head injury is also part of the serial killer formula, uh, which is funny because I wrote that intro before I dove into the research and I was like, <laughs> the farther I got, I was like, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Which brings us to a man named Carl Panzram. Is that how you say his last name? Panzram? Panzram. Panzram. Anyway. Panzram. Panzram. You can do it either way. It really doesn't fucking matter. He's dead. Mm, that's fair. A man who has been dubbed, quote, America's most cold-blooded serial killer, which to me is quite the accomplishment, because there have been some seriously fucked up serial killers throughout time, and he has still remained at the number one seed. He doesn't have the highest body count, and he's not super famous. He's not a household name. He's not your Bundy, your Gacy, your Dahmer, your no. your H.H. Holmes, even Jack the Ripper. He's not one of those guys. Uh -uh. This dude kind of, how he flew under the radar for so many people. Like, when I started, when I found out about Carl Panzer, I was fucking excited because it is just hell on earth with this guy it just it it just kept getting worse it is literally the song prison sex by tool personified as a person i can't believe you just, just name dropped tools i mean listen to the song and tell me this is not oh, who I, this is is it personified i don't i've never heard that song i'll play it for you after this episode Carl Panzerum admitted to committing 21 murders, more than a thousand acts of sodomy, and thousands of robberies and arsons. But he was far from repentant. Do you want to read this? Oh, yes. Yes, I've been working on this all day. Oh, yeah, for all these things, I'm not the least bit sorry. You're going to go Randy Savage with it? I'm going to turn your mic off. What? Lucy. Come handle her, Lucy. Come cut him off. If she comes up here, I'm gonna pee in my pants. That would be kind of funny. No, no. The producers are having a meeting right mm, now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Kitty tone of five hundred. Did she just promote Lucy to producer? She's been an intern. And not long intern. Enough. I think she's been an intern long enough. She's, she's almost a year. She's still intern. What? Executive intern, but still an intern. Just put an E in front of it and call it a day. Where's her raise? Uh, she gets just as much food as Salem. I'm going to bring her some Honey Nut Cheerios. Oh, that would make her life. Her so sweet. Mm. Anyway, 
The reason that there is so much information out about Carl is because he had befriended a prison guard by the name of Henry Lesser. He preserved Carl's letters and autobiographical manuscript, and he spent 40 years trying to get all of this published. In 1980, Henry donated Carl's letters and manuscript to San Diego State University, where they are housed as the, quote, Carl Panzerum Papers. Carl was born on June 28, 1891, in East Grand Forks, Minnesota, on a small, rundown farm to hardworking East Prussian slash German immigrant parents, Johann or John Panzerum, and Matilda or Lizzie. I don't really know how you get Lizzie from Matilda, but whatever. Panzerum. <clears throat> like many of the immigrants from that time, they were hardworking and strict. Carl was the oldest of seven. There were six boys and one girl. Yeah, one of his brothers ended up being like a cop, believe it or not. Hmm. Interesting. Carl described his siblings as honorable, devoted farmers, but he didn't have the same characteristics. Clearly, we wouldn't be talking about him today. Just Hmm. saying. I don't know. He (laughs) knows work ethic. Hard work ethic. Shut up. He's the hardest-working serial killer criminal on the planet because the cream always rises to the top. Mm. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) You sound like this is something different. This is normal. I didn't know you married Randy Savage. I didn't either. It's news to me. I mean, that's how I'd envision, in my head, Carl Panzer sounding. Like Randy Savage? Yeah. I was like... Trying to figure out what voice I wanted to do for him because he's so quotable, like Manson was. But I wouldn't, I didn't want to go with Manson route with it. So I was just like, "Fuck it, I'll just slap Macho Man's voice on oh there." Oh my gosh! Mm-mm. There's no Prussian or German accent in there or anything. He didn't have one really. He was how do you know? born here? Okay, so look in my head, he's Macho Man. All right. During his childhood, Carl suffered a head infection, head injury, I would consider that. He had like an <laughs> infection in, uh, like on his ear or some shit that like reached into his head. Yeah, he said, quote, finally my head swelled up as big as a balloon. I was operated on our own home, on the kitchen table. I would sure like to know if this is the cause of my queer actions. He said that, not me. He used queer. I'm just quoting him. Well... Queer, queer was had a different terminology back then. Yeah, that was like odd, right? Yeah, yeah, strange behavior. Yeah, the Panzerums separated when Carl was seven, but a divorce at their economic status was pretty unheard of since they were poor, and divorces are expensive. John Panzerum just up and left one day and was never heard from again. Yeah, because he got that sounds like a pretty cheap divorce. I mean, he got tired of being a fucking dirt farmer. Like, you got to remember, this was like damn near the close to the Dust Bowl era. So they they basically, all these people were out there farming bad land. Mm. So they weren't making much money either. Life on the farm became even sadder than before. Long, unending hours working on the farm and little to show for it. And despite being the oldest of seven, Carl's younger brothers regularly and relentlessly beat him up. Mm. Carl's life of crime began in 1903 at the age 11 or 12, 
when he broke into a farmhouse nearby and stole a cake, apples, and a revolver. Well, two of the three are kind of cute and whimsical. The burglary charge landed him in the Minnesota State's training school in Red Wing, Minnesota, just south of St. Paul. It was a reformed school for juvenile offenders. The school housed 300 boys from the ages of 10 to 20. When he first arrived to the reformed school, Carl was taken into an office by a male staff member and was forced to strip down naked. The officer examined him and asked him about his sexual practices. He said, quote, he examined my penis and my rectum, asking me if I'd ever committed fornication or sodomy or had <coughs> ever had sodomy committed on me or if I had ever masturbated. That's a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, there's a good chance that uh, if he didn't know what sodomy was, he's getting ready to find out. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> Carl's first faculty or facility admission entry log on October 11th, 1903, which is the day he got there. They blamed his parents' relationship status as the reason for his, as the reason that he was quarrelsome and his actions were unable to be corrected. The staff at the school had little to no outside supervision, so they would repeatedly beat, sexually assault, and torture Carl and the other boys there. While he was there, Carl and the other boys were given Christian training. Yeah, because, you know, if you don't love God, we're going to beat God into you. Yeah. If they misbehaved or failed to learn their lesson, they were attacked by the guards. Carl had difficulties reading, and this would lead to a lot of punishments given to him by the faculty. When the staff wanted to deliver the punishments to the boys there, they would take them into a room called the painting room. This shit's fucked up. Yeah. Most of the punishments Carl got were for such minor, insignificant infractions. He would be beaten with a wooden board, a thick leather strap, or a heavy paddle. With each punishment, his resentment grew more and more. Along with his resentment, the need for revenge also grew and grew. On July 7th, 1905, he was leaving the painting room. And he rigged a device that started a fire, which, hello, fire setting and a head injury, uh -huh. we'll call it. Two of these, of a serial killer triad, or well, formula, we'll call it a formula. Check him off, tally. Right? Well, so here's the strange thing, though. He loves setting fires, but it wasn't for a sexual thing, like yeah. a lot of serial killers do. Like it's a, it's, I don't think a lot of them use well, pyro fire. Pyromaniacs do. Yeah, but, but we, it's a, that's a sexual thing with fire. He just loved fucking causing mayhem. That well, that was his whole mo. The triad does, just says fire setting, like it doesn't necessarily like mean pyromania, just setting fires in general. Necessarily have to be for a sexual release. Just fair enough. Setting fires. It quickly engulfed the building that held the painting room and burned it to the ground. As the fire raged, Carl laid in his bed laughing. Which, honestly, go, Carl. Yeah, yeah what's crazy about this is this episode's going to make you really root for Carl. And be like, yeah, I get why, he, why he's fucked up. Oh, I mean, I get it. But then the next two episodes are going to make you go, oh, no. Yeah. This oh. is not good. Balls to the wall. 
By late 1905, he had learned what and how to say what the staff at the school wanted to hear. He appeared before the parole board, and he had managed to convince them that he had changed and was fully, quote, reformed as a direct result of what the school had taught him. Oh, okay. So it's my turn now? It's your turn, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. I was reformed all right. I had been taught by Christians how to be a hypocrite, and I learned how stealing, lying, hating, burning, and killing. Yeah. Winter of 1905, (laughs) Lizzie Pansrum picked up Carl from the reform school and brought him home. It was true that he had changed, but not for the better. He was detached and melancholy, but he fell to the bottom of the list of things Lizzie had to worry about. Her health was declining, and she didn't have time to deal with a troublesome child. She thought that he might just, you know, grow out of it. But the only thing that grew was Carl's resentment. Carl's life was filled with suffering and abuse. His young mind could only focus on the kinds of physical and emotional pain that no child should ever know. He convinced Lizzie to enroll him in another school because he didn't want to live out the life of unending, backbreaking labor with little to no reward. He basically, like, gamed the system. Mm -hmm. So he was like, fuck this working on a farm manual labor shit. Mm -hmm. The type of school he got enrolled to was a seminary school. He He went to school to be a preacher. That makes this so much worse. Carl soon became the whipping post of another teacher at the school. Carl managed to get his hands on a gun and planned on killing the teacher in front of the class. But his plan failed during a physical altercation with that teacher. The gun fell out of his pants and onto the floor of the classroom. He was expelled from the school and was forced to return home to the farm. But no charges were pressed. No. Like, they're just like, okay, Carl, you need to go on home now. (laughs) Go home, Roger. I'm going to take my gun and I'm going to go home. Yeah. I'm too sober for this. (laughs) Carl lasted about two weeks at home before he ran away. Carl hopped all over the Midwest via train cars. He slept in freight cars, rode underneath the trains, and he occasionally ran from railroad cops who were sometimes more dangerous than the outlaws. Yeah, because they would fucking just kill you sometimes. Like, they weren't reputable people. They they weren't just like, you know, yeah, we're going to make sure nobody's sleeping on these train cars. They're like, oh, there's some fucking bums on these cars. Well, if only they'd been around for what happens next. He begged for or stole food whenever he could. Shortly after leaving Minnesota, he was on a freight train heading to Montana, where he met a group of four hobos. They told him that they would give him some decent clothes and give him a warm place to sleep. Told him they were going to give him silk underwear and shit. That should have been the red flag. But anyway. They wanted something else in return for their... We'll call it Generosity. Generosity. And boy, oh and boy. You know what they say. There are three ways to pay. Ass, cash, or grass. And the four Nobody hobos, rides for free. The four hobos chose ass and took 
turns sexually assaulting Carl. They gang raped Carl, everybody. They gang raped Why him. Why do you got to make it so horrific then? Because it is horrific. The brutality is the sales we point. We know. Here. Just what sexually assaulting means. It's not means. like it was a tag team event where they just, you know, fuck it. Well, actually, it was a tag team event. <laughs> oh, oh, is this, is this my part now? Mm-hmm. So this is a quote from Carl Panzerum about his experience. I cried. I begged. I pleaded for mercy, pity, and sympathy. But nothing I could say or do would sway them from their purpose. Yeah. I can't do the Macho Man thing with that one. I just can't. It's that fucking bad. This whole thing is bad. Yeah, no, this is not a fun. I'm trying to add levity to this. So after this incident, he vowed to get his revenge. And boy, did he. You have a part now. I left that box a sadder, sicker, but wiser boy. I made my mind that I would rob, burn, destroy, kill everywhere I went, and everybody as long as they lived. I feel like this is a direct quote from Lucy right now. Yeah, because she's getting ready to knock over that soda. No, she's going to be good. No, she knocked over my hair clip already. You oh, there nice. you go. I know you got the Forest Whitaker look going on. I know you're tired. Me? She's, no, her. Oh. She's like, it's past bedtime. <laughs> Mom. While he escaped that boxcar with his life, what left Carl, however, was however much compassion he had left in him. It wasn't long after he arrived in Butte, Montana, that he was arrested for burglary and sentenced to one year at the Montana State Reform School in Miles City at the young age of 14. Yeah, this kid's been through a shit ton. You, You have to remember, this is a fucking child at this point still. Right, but at 14, he had he weighed 180 pounds and had the physique, physique of a grown-ass man. It wasn't long before the reputation, his reputation preceded him and drew special attention from the staff at the school. One officer there treated him so badly that Carl eventually retaliated and beat the officer with a heavy wooden board. In return, he was beaten, locked up, and watched much closer. It was here that he decided that prison life was not for him, and even if it killed him, he was getting out of there. Which he was successful in 1907. He escaped along with fellow inmate Jimmy Benson. They ran into a neighboring town and were able to steal several guns. They stuck together for about another month, riding the rails east, robbing and burning whenever they were able to. They preferred churches, mainly because of Carl's past hatred for religion stemming from the minnesota school oh yeah i taught him how to set fire to a church after we robbed it we got very busy on that robbing and burning churches regular every chance we got do you have to say the oh yeah i i I started it with the oh yeah oh yeah yeah i can't i can't i'm having a really hard time like getting it like just tuned in I got it like once perfect early on in the episode and it's just falling apart after that. This whole thing's falling off the rails. Kind of like the boxcar he was gang raped in. (laughs) The looks I'm getting, folks. When the dynamic duo reached Fargo, 
They had two guns each and hundreds of dollars. It was here that they decided to part ways. Carl adopted the name Jefferson Baldwin and headed west again and ended up in Helena, Montana. Well, around this time, Carl got gang raped again. Now, it took me a while to find this. But this is not in the actual notes that we have in front of oh, us. Well, like, I'm like, no, it wasn't. I have. I didn't find it anywhere. I have this. So, let me. Uh, the second time he was begging for food, told them a sympathetic story, and they offered him whiskey, got him drunk, and then he was raped. By who? The people that were lending him an ear. Oh. He was begging for food. The beggar, like the people that were like, yeah, we'll give you food. Here here you go. Here's some food. Here's some whiskey. They got him drunk and then tore his ass up. I feel like that's unacceptable. So by this point in his life, there's a really famous quote on it about his two favorite things in life. Oh, fuck. And from here on out, his two favorite things are whiskey and sodomy. Because he was drinking at, like, eight. I can't exactly blame him. And he stayed drinking until the day, well, not the day he died. But those were his favorite things until the day he died. I don't blame him on the whiskey part. So it's here that Carl's life takes an interesting turn i would say rather unexpected but the outcome of this decision is the same expected Mm. like i fully expected this to go bad and it did one night carl was drinking at a bar by himself when he heard a speech from an army recruiter that same night he lied about his age and enlisted in the military But we know how Carl feels about authority, and the military is all about authority. So, naturally, he was charged with insubordination on his first day in uniform for refusing his work details. Well, let's look at it this way. The armies where a lot of people go that are like, hell yeah, I want to go kill people. Right, but it's also... But you also gotta, like, fall in line and... Yeah. Take, be able to take orders and shit. Yeah, you gotta pay it's your dues. It's a trade-off. Yeah. Yeah, you get to kill people and enact your rage upon humanity. Mm-hmm. But uh, you and also... buy a Mustang. Yeah, buy a Mustang. Not the Mustang. <laughs> shots fired. Or a Challenger or Charger or some dumb whoa, shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't you speak ill about a Challenger. Tell me I'm wrong. I'd say a Camaro is probably Camaro and Mustangs, or a crotch rocket. Yeah, that that's another one. <laughs> yeah, or a Ford. Found on a road dead, kind of like some of Carl's victims. Carl continued to be jailed time and time again for minor infractions. He was thrown in the brig. Carl was always drunk and impossible to control and unable to conform to army life. Told you he loved whiskey. In April of 1908, he broke into the quartermaster's building, which I had to Google what quartermasters were. And they're the ones responsible for making sure that equipment, materials, and systems are all good for, like, missions and stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So, 
I'm sure lots of people knew that. Am I being chosen? She said, I don't know yet. No. No. I haven't decided yet. And he, so Carl stole $88 worth of clothing and tried to go AWOL. He is, stole, like, all the gold buttons and shit that he could get his hands on. Which... Why the button? Anyway, I don't want to know. <laughs> they were gold. Uh, like real gold? Probably not, but I Carl didn't probably so. didn't know that. That's fair. He's 14. Yeah. He... He lied about, uh, yeah, he lied about his age. Yeah. To get into the army. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, he doesn't really know. So, after trying to go AWOL, he was swiftly arrested by the MPs and thrown in the stockade, which is military prison. On April 20th, 1908, he received a court martial and faced a tribunal of nine junior and senior officer officers. He then pled guilty to three counts of larceny and was sentenced to three years of confinement at and hard labor at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas. And he received a dishonorable discharge from service. Secretary of War William Howard Taft approved the order. Yeah, that name's going to come up again later on. Yeah. This, Remember that. This right here set the stage for what's to come. Yeah, we'll get in. To uh, the William William Howard Taft stuff in the next episode. He describes his experience at Fort Leavenworth. I was a pretty rotten egg before I went in there. But when I left there, all the good that may have been in me had been kicked out and beaten out of me. Close enough. Which I I honestly believe that. Yeah. Now, um, realistically, this human being is just been a beaten down soul at this point. I'm not surprised he goes off the fucking rails. No. Kind of the nature versus nurture thing. This is just he he becomes a force of nature by the end of this episode. Yeah. Like what get what happens to him in Leavenworth is just the straw that breaks all like all the camel's backs. Yeah. He was chained up and transported to the local train station where he was shackled to a cattle car and denied food and water for the thousand mile trip to Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary. In May of 1908, he arrived at Fort Leavenworth. The COs had no idea he was a mere 16 years old and he was treated like every other man in the facility. Prisoners had to stand in formation every morning regardless of the weather conditions COs invoked a regimen of strict discipline and mandatory obedience. There was a strict code of silence enforced at Leavenworth. Yeah, like if you spoke, they would just beat the shit out of you. And then throw it into solitary. Yeah. Where you, for 60 to how many ever days? Like enough to make you go crazy. Like they were, the whole point of this place is to break you as a human being. There's a guy that I had stumbled across that's being held at Fort Leavenworth. Mm-hmm. He was a, an army officer. And, uh, I mean, it'd be cool to do this, but to talk about him. But I don't think he should be in Fort Leavenworth. Like, I think he's innocent. And that's a lot from me. Let me put it this way. this sh- Leavenworth today is a fucking cakewalk compared to what it was. Oh, I'm sure. Around this time. The guards thought nothing of torturing prisoners since it was the only way they could think of to keep control. 
Well, and the entertainment. They would do it for fucking entertainment. Just for funsies? Yeah, just for just for shits and gigs. An inmate could not remain unpunished for breaking the rules. To do so would encourage more violations and ultimately anarchy. Prisoners and guards lived under a delicate pact of restraint and fear. Every guard knew that if a revolt occurred, they had little to no chance of getting out alive. The only way to ensure a subdued prison population was to keep them down, punish them severely, be brutal to those who rebelled, and make an example out of the ones that were caught. Which, like, okay. Okay, like, I get, like... And here's where we get to how you earn the baby. What? What? So, earning the baby is when you end up... You know the old cartoons, how they have the ball and chain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. attached to their leg? Yeah. That's the fucking baby. It's a 50-pound iron ball. I don't know any baby that weighs 50 pounds. Like, when you go to solitary... You have the baby on. You don't take. You don't get it taken off. Once you earn it, it's yours for the rest of your fucking stay. All right. You learn something new every day. Yeah. So Carl was chained to the baby. <laughs> he had to carry the weight around no matter where he went. He he had to even sleep with it. And God forbid it, he was on the top bunk. <laughs> Well, your one right. leg, your he one leg's just hanging off. Yeah, he rolls over, and then the ball falls over and crushes somebody's head. Oh my god, could you imagine? I just did. He was. <laughs> he was, was assigned to break rocks in a quarry, which he did for ten hours a day, seven days a week. See, here's wait, the real see, kicker. You had me at the breaking the rocks because I was like, oh, geode hunting, like that's cool. And then the ten hours a day at seven days a week, I was like, nah. I'm here's the kicker: the quarry was miles away. I was you to walk with the baby. Yeah, you had to carry the baby <laughs> for my like, and then you've been breaking rocks for ten to twelve hours a day, and then you got to carry the motherfucker back. Right, but he's already like jacked. Oh, so by this just, point, he th- they're creating the perfect killing machine. Literally. Yeah. They are just setting him up now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been broken down. Now he's literally being rebuilt. He's he's barely human at this point. Please tell me he drew a face on it because if he didn't draw a face on it, I, I would, doubt he did. I would draw a face on it. Honestly, he probably could it's, have broken. It's not the Wilson the goddamn weight. volleyball. Wilson? Yeah. He's not Tom Hanks in Castaway, Christian. Jesus Christ. He's Charles, Carl Panzerang. I think I would draw a face with a tongue sticking out. Just out as a, mo- a mockery. I just don't understand why he didn't try to break the damn thing. He probably could have. I mean, it's it's an iron. I mean. Oh, you chip away at it for 10 hours a day. You got it. Probably because they fucking shoot him on sight. Mm, I think that's that's probably better than what he did. Mm. Somehow, you're not far off from how things actually went. Yeah, I know. Continue on. So, uh, he grew strong and muscular while planning for the time he would get out. He was fucking jacked. I can only imagine. Day by day, he grew more and more bitter and angry, consumed by vengeance, waiting for the day that he would roam free again. 
And in 1910, Carl was done serving his time at Leavenworth's, and he had nowhere to go. Although he was only 19 years old, he'd already spent most of his life in reform schools and prison. The years of abuse and torture had taken their toll. He had no family, no home, and no prospects. He had never felt the loving embrace of a woman or had the opportunity to evolve as a person. And that's where we're going to leave it to pick back up next week with Carl's regained freedom. With no baby. With no, with no baby. He lost the baby. I feel weird saying thank God about that then. He got rid of the weight, the 50 pound weight. Yes. The, the burden of the weight of the baby. Dobby's a free elf now. Yep. Oh, well, guys. He's a sock. He has been given a sock. Fucking full on long johns. Harry, Harry Potter. Um, can you just listen? We listened to twenty minutes of you doing Rainy Savage impression. Shittily, we, by the way. It, whatever. I don't fucking care. I didn't say that. You said that. I'll and say we it. can't. We can't have a you little know, Harry Potter moment without. I spent all day, and I got it dialed in. Oh my gosh! And as soon as we started this, it just fell the fuck okay, apart. Okay, well, guess what? Shoulda, woulda, couldas. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Dobby. Why don't you drop some socials? I'm gonna punch you in your face. Here's a sock. I'm trying to. I'm trying to contain myself. I got a sock for you if you drop these socials. I will straight up end you. I will drop a baby on your head. You're retarded. There's the sock. You're a free elf. If you guys appreciate our banter, love us. Make sure you guys are showing us some love. We do appreciate those reviews. Um, they've been kind of lacking. It's kind of mid. Not really cool. It's not even mid. We're not getting any. Leave us I'm reviews. I'm to at least give him a little bit of fucking sympathy over here. Leave us reviews. Oh, and if you're on Spotify, you can tell us what you think of each episode. I do appreciate that because we do base what we do for you guys like we do base our episodes off of stuff that we think you're gonna be interested in so if you think an episode sucks and you don't like it then that's okay we won't do something in that topic or at least tell us why and make sure don't just say like oh i didn't like whatever that lucy was breathing into the mic something just make sure you guys leave us some kind of like you know feedback yeah direction we like feedback um that being said make sure you guys are downloading sharing and showing us the love on the socials we appreciate those make sure you guys are following us on instagram at creeps in the crypt make sure you guys are following us on facebook and tiktok and make sure you guys are just showing the love we appreciate you all right guys uh I can't wait till episode. Do you, any, do you have any crypt keeping to do before? No, just download the episode, share the show. Um, thank you guys. And we hope you enjoy this season of summer of slaughter. Stay creepy. Yes. Stay creepy. I think my voice is better than that. Stay safe. Eric's not. Stay, stay spooky. Everybody. <laughs> Bye guys.